Hey everyone, welcome to this edition of Keep Watch Pass on the It's Not That Bad podcast channel, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. We are getting ready to put the cap on our tasty trifecta of musical episodes by taking a look at movie scores. And here to join me for the denouement, the curtain call of this triple trifecta of of musical awesomeness is my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing really, really good. Now, if you didn't listen to our previous Keep Watch Pass episodes uh, on musicals and on movie soundtracks, you can go back and find those episodes. But today we're talking about movie scores and specifically like the composer, the the music that, that raises the hair on the arms and the back of the neck, you know, really... For some people, the best part of the film. And we're going to pick three movie scores. A keep, a watch, and a pass. The keep is the movie score that does. It it, it raises the hair, right? It gives you the tingles and, as you like to say, the, the, the chili bumps. The watch is the one that, you know what? It, it's good. does its job, but it's there. And then there's the pass. The one that makes you second guess everything that you're doing in the movie theater. But I'm curious, though, before we get to our picks, I want to know, because we've talked about this before. I'm a musician. You are not. How much did you put into, not necessarily how much did you put into it, but what criteria were you using in order to pick your soundtrack, your scores? Mm, More on that later. But I'm not going to lie, for me, like when I'm watching a movie, unless it's like a recognizable song, i.e. song from a soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So if it's just like a background music, it doesn't always stand out to me. So it had to be something special. I, um, side note, and this was not one of my choices, but watching... Catch Me If You Can, mm-hmm. recently with our boys. Wonderful soundtrack. Um, I was only aware of it because, I think because of this task that you gave me. Okay. To, to, to pick a soundtrack that, um, yeah, I mean... It, it, now, again, yeah. we're, we're talking about scores here. We're not talking about songs. We're talking well, exactly. about scores. Exactly. Um, so the music, for me is there it's part of a scene but i'm always so drawn to the conversation to the the dialogue that the background music is kind of it is it's in the background it's in the back of my mind it's not something that i i really tend to focus on until i'm asked to see and for me this was right in my wheelhouse because you know in high school I did five years, five years This is when we did five years in high school, none of this four year crap, uh, five years of string orchestra in high school. So scores have always been on my radar. And to me, a score can make or break a film. And if it's good, it, I, I have watched some crappy movies during the making of this podcast and some of them have had scores that definitely punched above their weight. We did an episode recently on Battle Beyond the Stars. James Horner 
soundtrack for a Roger Corman film in 1980, and it is phenomenal. The Island was a phenomenal soundtrack on a film that actually qualifies for the show. So, like, the score... Heck, the very first episode of It's Not That Bad, Megashark versus Giant Octopus, my MVP was the, the score composer. Not because there wasn't really much else to talk about that film, but that score punched above its weight. But now we're going to get to our picks. So, Carrie, what is your keep score? Well, if you know me, you know it's got to be Harry Potter mm. and absolutely the very first. Harry the, Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Right. And that's all because of Welcome to Diagon Alley, mm. of which, you know, was completely magical uh, when we visited when we visited Orlando and Universal and you walk into the world of Harry Potter and you're welcomed by that song, just that, that soundtrack, that score yeah. playing in the speakers. And it, it's so, it's so like, it just, it just bring it transports you literally body and mind. You are like walking through the actual world, wizarding world of Harry Potter and so, absolutely, without a doubt. That's that's the the wonderful thing about Harry, the Harry Potter soundtrack, like the score, and you know the fact that you can have that moment where you walk into Diagon Alley and you have the score accompanying you as you are walking around. Like you know, we've talked before on this on this show in the last couple of episodes about how life needs a soundtrack. Here it is. You're walking through a fantastical realm. And there's music playing as you're walking through it. It's a wonderful moment. It's like when you go to Galaxy's Edge over at uh, Disney World and you have the John Williams composed score that's specific to the park. Not in any movies. It's specific to the park. They actually composed Galaxy's Edge music for when you're there. And it is wonderful. Okay. I want it to be not obvious. In this, so I actually ruled out any and all Star Wars films. Oh, I want I wanted to catch you off guard. That does because again, if you line up for a play and you already know everything's going to happen in the play, um, what's the point of going? Right? If you listen to a podcast, you already know what the hosts are going to say. Why bother listening? So I took all the obvious picks off the table. So. I'll be curious if you if you are shocked by some of these. My keep is the last of the Mohicans. I when I got this soundtrack on cassette from the 1992 film, um, I played the ever loving crap out of this. It is a wonderful film, and norm, not normally my cup of tea, right? historical epic dramas kind of thing this film is amazing the film is amazing and the trevor jones and randy edelman score that goes along with it is absolutely amazing the funny thing is when they were originally putting this together michael mann had asked trevor jones to put together an electronic score but then they're like, yeah, that's not going to fit with what we're doing. And they were so right to go to a more sweeping orchestral epic type score. 
I love this soundtrack. I absolutely love the score in this. And if you've seen Last of the Mohicans, like they were very smart in creating little themes here and there and be able to, you know, do variations on the theme. So for certain characters, it was, you had those moments, right? Murray Gold does this a lot with Doctor Who in that uh, Amy had her theme, Clara had her theme. So when they came on screen, you knew because the music would accompany them, right? Not like wrestler entrance type theme, but just little plays on the theme and variations of the theme. So because it accompanies the character in the moment, right? Here, like this, this, oh man. Like, I don't know if we've watched this movie together. I don't think we have, but I'll have to get you when you're awake. Because I know this is the kind of film that you might actually fall asleep during. Because I know you, I've met you, you know. But if you're ever looking for an out of the, a not necessarily obvious JPEG of movies to watch, highly recommend Last of the Mohicans. My watch soundtrack, however, <sighs> there's twofold to this. One, because the music is awesome. Two, because of the memory it spurs. And you're involved in the memory. Oh. Mm-hmm. But not from a movie that we've seen. I was going to say Blair Witch? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I didn't even think there was a score for Blair Witch. I don't know. No, I mean, I, it was it was pretty silent. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the James Horner score to Braveheart. <laughs> yep. Okay, so first of all, let's just let me talk about the soundtrack for a second here. The James Horner is an absolutely fantastic composer. Aside from the fact that he's done Battle Beyond the Stars and that soundtrack got used a couple of in a couple of other Roger Corman productions. We talk a, a lot about that on that episode. Um but yeah, Star Trek 2 is a wonderful like James Horner if if you've heard his scores you you know you just know Braveheart is a wonderful sweeping score like and the kind of score that you could put on in the background and you and you're fine no matter what but I mentioned Carrie was involved in this one a little bit so let me explain Carrie and I went to college together and we were in separate groups in first year broadcasting college and her group was in studio for April Fool's Day. I like a good prank. So I took the scene from Braveheart where the Eng- where the Scots are on top of the hill taunting the English before battle by lifting their kilts and slapping their asses. And I looped that scene. And then I patched it so it was the only thing on every single monitor in a control room and the director lost it and looked over at the the playback room and said what are you doing and the person in the playback room said i'm not it's not me i was laughing my ass off <laughs> person in the playback room is my lovely wife carrie <laughs> meanwhile i'm doing a victory lap outside the control room and prancing in with a camera to you know Grab everyone's yeah. response. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. I'm, uh, whoo. 
I, w- I was not liked for that one by by your group. I, I admired my group. you. <laughs> your creativity. That's because I'm a sexy ass man. <laughs> you liked me. You liked me. But you know what? Uh, what, what I what I loved was that dramatic pause. You know, the time it took for you to get from central control mm-hmm. into into the studio. Yeah. Because so. uh, yeah. This is how I learned to wire an entire TV studio by pranking your group. <laughs> so you know, it it had you know it had purpose. Yeah, you know, there was enough time for everybody to shoot me death rays through the through the glass. <laughs> not my fault. No, no, their reaction not my fault. Everything else totally my fault, but their reaction not my fault. Okay, so what is your watch score? Okay, so my watch, um, it, I'm going to leave this open-ended and I'm going to give props where you faltered. I'm going to mention Star Wars. Okay. And please don't ask me specifically which which soundtrack, which score, um, or which movie, because I had no idea until doing my my research for this that the opening music where the words are like flying in and getting smaller and smaller and smaller mm-hmm. um, is different. It is different for each one of the movies, is it not? Slightly? Uh, slightly. I mean, the, the thing is, John Williams, like that, that opening score, like that's iconic, right? That's like the Star Wars theme, right? Um, the only time... Star Wars ever veered away from a John Williams score, at least the first time they did, was for Rogue One. And Rogue One was definitely on my on my radar for that. Um, it was Michael Iacchino who did that. But the funny thing is, with Rogue One, when movies put a trailer out, sometimes the music that they use for the trailer has nothing to do with the film and it's not actually on the score. It's just there are these companies that do trailer music for films to use for their trailers because the score hasn't been written or recorded yet. You know, groups like Two Steps from Hell do phenomenal trailer music, okay? So when the trailer for Rogue One came out, the song that was used in that trailer, which was not on the soundtrack and not done by Michael Iacchino, hooked me right away. And then I'm like, oh, but this song isn't on the soundtrack. I found out where that song was later, but Rogue One's score, like it was a big deal that John Williams didn't do the score for that movie because John Williams had done every other film. But holy crap, a John Williams score, like you can never go wrong with it. And of course, like you think about some of the moments, right? Right. The Imperial March. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? Um, I remember... An assignment you had mentioned, like being in high school and being in in the string orchestra. Well, I remember being in I don't know grade ten, eleven music class, and we all walked into the music room and we're told to lay on the floor and just close our eyes. Okay. I'm like, okay, what is this like yoga class? Um, and then our music teacher played a the, the score to Star Wars and but but specifically skipped the opening music okay so 
you know, we're just listening to the orchestra versions of like all of the, I, I don't even remember exactly which movie, um, but it was just so, it was such a cool assignment mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it, it just kind of stuck with me. So well, I mean, Star Wars. I mean, I even remember too when episode one, The Phantom Menace was coming out and Duel of the Fates actually had a music video on much music. I'm like, when in the history of ever does a piece of score get a music video and get played on much music? Duel of the Fates gets that treatment because A, it's John Williams and B, it's Star Wars. <laughs> you, you, you treat Star Wars right. And then everyone saw Jar Jar. And no matter what anyone says about Phantom Menace, you cannot disagree that John Williams' score for that film is top notch. Every Star Wars film that he touches is top notch. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, pastime. What's your pass score? Okay, so this one was the most challenging because, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I don't often click in to the score. Like the background music is just that. It's I'm more concerned about what's happening in the scene, the dialogue, um, the actor's performance, anything, set dressing. <laughs> but um, but the music is always like just kind of there unless it stands out um and I kind of toyed with the idea of a very standout very iconic um I almost picked Jaws but then I didn't 
You can't pick Jaws. I know. I, and I knew that I couldn't pick Jaws. But just because I remember that. Da-da, da-da. And it, it's so like, I, I can't hear it without thinking, oh my God, there's going to be a shark attack. It's going to like, like it's going to happen. So I don't know. It's that, um, maybe that anxiety that it brings on, um, that would have been my reason to pick it, but that's not what I picked. Okay. So let's just, let's just start on a clean slate and let's, um, let's turn over to another movie that I watched growing up and I'm going to pick E.T. And that's probably going to be a controversial Topic because who doesn't love ET? Cute little, you I, know. I didn't love ET. Extraterrestrial, you know. The parents had a alien in their home and was completely unaware that their children is playing with a strange little creature. Can, 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 um, can I can I tell you something about ET? I remember, I remember going to see this film in the theaters, and the reason I remember it. Is do you remember the scene when like the you know the like the, the like the secret agents kind of thing have like the house in a bubble and you have this like very um, alien abduction type like people in hazmat suits and it's very frantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. traumatize the shit out of me. <laughs> like, yeah, I can see that. I have not watched ET since it was in the theaters because of that scene. I I can I can get behind that, but um. When I, when I did listen, and I did listen through the soundtrack of the score, and I was just like, yeah, it all kind of sounds the same. And it was one of those, like, every song or every variation on the theme, and I can only hazard a guess that to call it a theme, but it was slightly, it would change slightly, you know, it's... Um, E.T. is dead. No, okay, E.T. is alive and well. E.T. has to go home. Like, it was all the same, <laughs> the same sad song with a slight variation of, I don't know, instrumentation. Like, it just, it bored the hell out of me. And sorry, I'm sorry if there's any E.T. fans out there. I don't mean to insult or offend it's just not my pick. I'm going to pass on it. You're passing on the 1982 winner for the at the Academy Awards and the Grammys for Best Original Score and Best Score Soundtrack. Damn right I am. <laughs> yeah. As composed by John Williams. Yep. You, I stand behind so, that. So, so you, you sing the praises of John Williams for his work on Star Wars and then you on his ET. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't he? He did Harry Potter as well. I was all about John Williams. He did the first couple of Harry Potter films, and then oh. I think it was picked up. That's by, the one by I picked. Composers. Well, yes, because you know. But yeah, so you're basically all John Williams at this point. I am. Mm. Yeah, his good and his bad. My pass, and we have covered this movie, and I think I ranted and raved about the score in that episode was composed by Lorne Balfe. It was the 2022 film Black Adam. It's not that it's bad. It's kind of like the movie, but it just felt so much at times like video game boss fight end music. 
and I was like, it sounded too stock. Maybe it's the guitars in it. Maybe it's just the the way. I mean, the movie didn't help. Didn't help. Like, you know, the fight's over, and you have this triumphant little da 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 da. It's like, oh, good, the level's over. I can I can move on now. Like, it felt very stock, and it's not necessarily a good thing, right? Black Adam, and let's be honest, DCEU movies needed a little help. The music department could have gone along. Like, think about it. Suicide Squad, when we did that episode, you know, we were talking about the soundtrack, right, and how it did help a little bit. You know, I think the soundtrack for The Suicide Squad was better than the first Suicide Squad soundtrack. You know, and of course, Hans Zimmer has done wonderful work with the Dark Knight trilogy and with Man of Steel and... and ooh, this one. It just... It just feels so out of place. I mean, even the Wonder Woman score kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. I like Wonder Woman. I can deal with it, the soundtrack. But at least that theme song, right? It's not as annoying as this one. But I don't want to poop on the movie too, too much because we already covered this film. We've already, you want to hear me diatribe, you go listen to that episode. But Black Adam is my pass score. Carrie, thank you so much for basically going through John Williams' discography <laughs> and, uh, and going down this last of three music-themed episodes of Keep Watch Pass. Now, before we go, please remind our listeners all the John Williams ones you picked. Well, exactly. I mean, I, you know, kept it all nice and Concise. Yeah. Um, in in, in so, one row at the CD store. Exactly. <laughs> that, that was the extension of my Flick, 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 there we research. go. <laughs> <laughs> it just so happened that it was all composed by John Williams. I mean, I, I, I didn't hire the guy. I'm just saying that uh, I'm a big fan and I'm keeping the Harry Potter Philosopher's Stone um, soundtrack or score. Uh, soundtrack and I'm watching or spinning um, the Star Wars and really I mean they're all so wonderful but the Imperial March is again iconic well it it was my ringtone for how long right (laughs) was that not your walkout music at the wedding no 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 no. because remember it it wasn't the duel of the fates it was the uh, the love theme from uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones. No, it wasn't. It was the Imperial March, was no, it not? it was not the Imperial March. I wanted it to be the Imperial March. Oh, I mean, that would have made made sense. Okay, so wrong song. Um, Anyway. Thanks for remembering our wedding there, I, Chuckles. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, for, and for the record, she's the dude. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I swear I was there. Right? Uh, and I'm I, passing on E.T. <laughs> you're also passing on remembering our wedding here. Right? <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> All right. So my keep is the last of the Mohicans. My 
watch is Braveheart and my pass is Black Adam. Carrie, thank you so much for doing this deep dive into John Williams' discography. And I'll be showing myself out. <laughs> <laughs> and to you, our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Keep Watch Pass. Now, if there is a topic that you want us to cover, be sure to hit us up on social media at NotThatBadCast or go to our website at NotThatBadCast.com. And while you're there, you can actually leave us a comment there or check out our coming soon page so you can see some movies that we are working on for it's not that bad until next time she's carrie i'm jay you guys are awesome this is keep watch pass on the it's not that bad podcast channel a proud member of the pantheon podcast network until next time everyone take care It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.